Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome to The Stacks, a brand new podcast all about books. My name is Tracy Thomas, and I'm going to be your host here at The Stacks. Today is our very first episode. So before we dive in, I just wanted to give you a little heads up about what you can expect here. I will be bringing guests on this show with me, and they'll join me for two consecutive weeks. So you'll be able to get to know the guest. We'll be talking about their favorite books, books they hate, books they're embarrassed they've still never read. Then the second week when they come back, we'll be talking about our book club pick. You'll be able to find all of our book club picks and our upcoming guests on our Instagram, which is at the stacks pod, or you can see it on our website, which is www.thestackspodcast.com. And be sure that you subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Now, without further ado, the very first episode of The Stacks with my guest and dear friend, Dallas Lopez. Okay, Dallas, welcome. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so, so much for doing this with me. Of course. Um, Everyone, this is Dallas Lopez. He's my dear friend. He lives here in LA and he is an English teacher for high school students and why don't you do better about telling about yourself? <laughs> uh, so I teach in East LA. I've been there for about seven years. And I did not used to be a book lover. So I think that's interesting. And now I teach books and English and all that stuff. So um, lived here in LA before that on the East Coast, South America, England. Grew up in Oregon. Um, so a little bit all over the place. Anything more? No, that okay. sounds good. So that's Dallas, everybody. Um, wait, so you didn't like books when you were growing up? Oh, absolutely not. So- well, uh, it's, it's hard <laughs> to say. I mean, when I was a, my mom definitely read to me and I loved books. And when I was in high school, I read a bunch of self-help books. A little like weird. why? Like I, what were you trying to fix? I don't know if I was trying to fix. I was really fascinated about getting to understand that there was like a way to change yourself. And I think I was actually kind of, well, I was depressed as a kid, for sure. And did they help? I think they did. They definitely gave me some hope, and I definitely saw my life a little bit differently. So, yeah, I loved I loved those sorts of books, but in as far as school and assigned to me, I did not read. Okay, so you liked reading. You just didn't like other people's books. I guess so, yeah. So you're always a reader. <laughs> you don't become an English teacher if you don't like reading. Um, okay, okay, that's interesting. So did do you still read self-help books? I don't. No, no, not at all. Mostly just fiction now. 
Ugh, fiction. Um, <laughs> I love fiction. Fiction's the best. Mm-hmm. Not really. Okay, so what do you assign your kids then? If you didn't like the books you were assigned, how do you kind of make that work for your students? Yeah, I. So I teach in East Los Angeles, so I, I make sure that I have books by authors that sort of mirror my students. So the first books that we read are by Latino, Latinx authors, and then we read a lot of authors of color. And I purposely do not teach many white authors, um, so we don't read any Shakespeare besides Son and stuff like that. But I, I want to make sure that they're reading things that they can connect to. When I was in school, everything I read was by people who looked nothing like me. And so I dedicated myself to make sure that they would have books by people that they could connect with and could sort of identify with as well. That's awesome. So what's like, are there any of the books that you've assigned that you feel like really spark something in the students versus others? Because there's so many, you know, authors of color and which ones are the ones that you're like, definitely teaching this again next semester. Like, this is the one. Yeah, we we start by reading uh, Rudolfo Anaya and he has a book called um, Bless Me Ultima. And that's a book that really helps them go back to their own cultural identity and history that I don't think a lot of them are connected to. So they find a lot of meaning and it pushes against Catholicism, some other things that they sort of brings up a lot for them. And then the other is Native Son by Richard Wright. Ugh. I think it's just it really works for where they at. They're able to connect with that, but also it's still very sort of important to our, our time now. So That's awesome. Yeah. That, I read that in high school. And I actually read that too because I didn't used to read the books that my teachers assigned, but I read that one because there was like murder and like sexy stuff. Uh Amazing. Okay. So let's talk about you a little more about what you like to read. So what are two books that you just love? So the first that comes to mind is definitely uh, Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin. Mm. It was definitely a huge help when I was sort of still in the closet and trying to understand my own identity. And I thought it was just so powerful to have a black gay man writing as a white man uh, and doing that what felt like with ease. And it was that text that really helped me reflect on my own life. But also the writing was so beautiful and just the way he described sort of France and all these other things. I thought this is this is incredible. So it's a book that I, I still read maybe once a year. Oh my God. I've never read it. I can't believe it. I've never read it. Can you tell me and anyone like me who's never read it just like a little like one sentence? Yeah. It's a book about a white man who leaves the United States and comes to Paris, France, and he sort of not purposefully, he's just broken up with his girlfriend and has all these encounters and falls in love with a man and is really confused by it. Oh my God, amazing. Okay, what's the other one? Uh, the other is Catcher in the Rye. Uh, another high school book. What is this? Well, high school teacher. The reason why I, <laughs> I, I like it is because I hated it. I had to read an AP literature when I was in 12th grade. Okay. And I, as I said, I was depressed mm-hmm. trying to understand. And for those of you who don't know, spoiler alert a little bit, that Holden Caulfield uh, is, seems like he's going to commit suicide. And I was sort of suicidal when I was in high school, and I really was wanted to know was he going to do it or not do it. And I felt like I was really asking that question myself. And when I got to the end, and he didn't commit suicide. I was upset, and <laughs> I remember going to Miss <laughs> McCarthy, my AP literature teacher, who I did not like at all. Sorry, Miss McCarthy. Sorry, Miss McCarthy, for listening. <laughs> uh, don't listen anymore. Don't listen. You're fired. Um, and so I asked her, "What? Why did he not kill himself? I I need to know, and I really did need to know." And she looked at me and she goes, well, Dallas, and she like always shook her head when she spoke. And she said, if you don't understand this by now, I can't help you. 
Whoa. And I was so angry. I literally slammed the book on the desk, ran out the room, and was dedicated to hating books and English for the rest of my life. Miss McCarthy nailed Ms. it. McCarthy really, strong really work. killed <laughs> killed me. Good teachers. Um, we love teachers here, by the way. We do. We, we are. Love, he's we a are teacher. Teachers, yeah, yeah. We like them. But well. it was my, my professor, Doctor Cook, who's no longer with us. But he, the first day of my remedial English class in college, he assigned the book. And I went up to him and said, I'm not going to read this book. I've read it before and it's awful. And he was like, okay. And Mr. Cook. And I then I was like, this dude's not going to tell me it's okay to not read this book. So I read the book. (laughs) I fell in love and I realized how powerful the book was and how powerful he was as a teacher and why he didn't necessarily commit suicide. And so it it sort of changed my whole trajectory in life, I feel like. Wow. That's amazing. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay. What's one book you hate? I know I, you don't hate books. I know you don't hate books. What's one know. book that you just like read or whatever for whatever reason? Like it doesn't matter why, but you don't you can't connect with every book. I can't. I was honestly trying to pick my my brain on some. I'm gonna say it's gonna be fiction for sure. Okay. I mean, not fiction, oh. nonfiction. Boo. Okay, nonfiction. And whatever. it was gonna probably have to be something like a biography i read i was trying to think of what biography per se but you don't have one okay fine you don't have to have one thank you i i hate enough books for the both of us i'll come around I'll, okay I'm sure if you think of one, one let us know yeah. okay what's the last great book you read so the two i can think of is a little life Ooh. and the art of fielding 
a little life you recommended to me. You were I the did. first one. I was scared for you to read it. I did it though. You, I mean, of course you did. You're a voracious reader, but if you guys want to read a little life, like get some Kleenex and just like it's really sad. It's good. Why did you love it? I loved it because I. It was kind of the same reason for Giovanni's room. You have this Asian American writer woman who's writing about men in this powerful way that I was able to understand and connect with. And then just the fact that I was sobbing in <laughs> open public places, Everyone. feeling things for these people that I didn't think I could feel for anyone. Um, so it was just super powerful. That and way. you weren't intimidated by the seven to 800 pages, depending on which edition you had. <laughs> I wasn't for some reason. When it came in the mail, I was like, <laughs> Dallas is dead to me. Oh, no. I thought it was going to be like a casual 200 pages and like, yes. it was going to be like someone dies and everyone's sad there's another, I don't know, 550 pages <laughs> besides like something sad and it's extra sad all over. No but spoilers, it but so it's like quickly. the saddest book ever. Um, what was the other one? The Art of Fielding? The Art of Fielding. I don't know that. Um, it was, it's a book about these, a college student who goes to play baseball and the friendships he makes that are anything but his other sort of baseball friends and uh, how they sort of come together in the end. It was really powerful. Cried at the end, of course. Of course. Um, another bigger book. but That's interesting. Both you know. books are about groups of friends. Oh, that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> what are you reading right now? Uh, so I'm reading a book called The Plague of Doves. And the other book I'm reading, well, yeah, The Plague of Doves is basically that. And I'm also reading Catch on the Right again, again, but with my students. Oh, so you do assign that to your students? I do. Well, usually I don't, but we have a challenge to read a book in under a week. Oh. And so we partly by you and your ability to read so quickly, but I was like, yo, <laughs> you guys can do this. We can do They're this. Like, what? A book in under a week? So I'm reading two and right that's now. That's a good, that's an approachable size book for, for a sure. week, for yeah. sure. Um, okay. What books are on your nightstand or what book is on your nightstand or... Yes, I'm currently reading a book about Gila River, which is nonfiction. I'm enjoying it. Um, It's about the uh, river in Arizona and sort of the history of the indigenous people in my my tribe that I come from is the Gila River. So I'm getting to learn about sort of what happened and what happened to the water rights and those sort of things. So it's what I read before I go to bed. Oh, so you read multiple books at a time? I do. I... I'm not the best. Some people are really good about like having one in the bathroom, yeah. one here, here. What happens to me is I sort of feel like I'm torn between all these and totally. then I don't complete them. Totally. So I'm always a little scared to do I'm that. I'm a one one book pony. Like if I pick up another book, it's because I put another book down. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. Um, what is a book that you love to recommend to people? So I've already kind of mentioned it already, but it's by Rudolfo Anaya, Bless Me Ultima. And for me, it's just a book that a lot of people can connect to. It's about identity and coming to understand yourself. But there's this beautiful line that he writes that he was going the main character, the protagonist, Antonio. He says, I'm going to have to go back to my childhood and take all the pieces of my childhood in order to build and understand who I'm going to be in the future. And I remember reading that for the first time. And I've had lots of moments where I'm like, who am I? What are my next steps? Why am I here? And the thought that I can go back to at root of who I am and create and understand who I'm going to be in a real way felt really powerful. So I think it's a book that I think lots of people can connect to. Interesting. I've never read it. I have to add it to my TBR yes. to be read. Okay. How do you read? Do you read ebook, hard copy, audiobook? So I usually read hard copy. I just love the tactile. Like hardback the- or paperback? 
Paper usually. If I can get a hardback, I'll definitely pick. You prefer? Right. But Uh the paperback I can put anywhere. It's light. Yeah. But I just love turning the pages. I love dog earring, writing in the stuff. Okay, you write in the book. Oh, for sure. I'm too scared. And I refuse to fold corners either. Oh, no way. I... I took a book out from the library and it had folded corners and I wanted to return it with like a letter being like, can you tell everybody who comes to this library that this is a book and it's not their personal book and we share it? I didn't, but I did like unbend them the opposite way so that they would like be flat, flatter. Well, that's a, I probably folded those pages. (laughs) The library book. I will will now know that and not do it for library books. Okay, so you do you ever do e cop ebooks? I don't do e copies just because I don't really have a something. Kindle thing. Yes, um, I tried it on my phone a little bit, but it didn't work for me. I do do audiobooks. It's kind of like books I'm not quite sure I want to commit to, or if I, I love to drive, I love driving places, yeah. and I always choose to drive. And so if I'm going on a drive, I'll download an audiobook and I will listen to it. And uh, yeah, I just started audiobooks. I listened to two like when I fold laundry and stuff. And mm. I really like them, but I also listened to five other ones that I started that I didn't like. Because mm-hmm. I didn't like, the, oh, I didn't like the narrator right. or whatever. Yeah. But I'm just getting into it. And this is complicating my one book at a time thing. Mm. And it's been hard because I've really liked the two audiobooks, And yeah. so I've really suffered in my reading. <laughs> I don't know. I'm learning. I'm learning yeah. the ways. Okay. What about this? What's one of your favorite books that you rarely hear people talk about? So I don't, I haven't heard very, anyways, the book is, my name is Asher Lev by Chaim Potok. Um, Never heard of it. Yes. He's a Jewish writer. writes about a Hasidic Jewish community in New York City. And the book is about a, a boy who is an, uh, a painter, an artist, mm-hmm. and his father who is an Hasidic Jew who travels the world sort of building connections between other Hasidic Jewish communities and the conflict between him and his father, uh, he his father can't believe he wants to do art and is an artist and about sort of finding himself in the midst of that. So time's up. No. Oh. <laughs> I, I hope not. I think. No. So it's, it's one of those books that, again, sort of just captures um, following who you are and what you need to be in the midst of being told you can't. All right, Dallas. What's the last book that you read that made you laugh? The Plague of Doves. Okay. And what's the last book you read that made you cry? A Little Life for sure. Me too. It's the only book that's ever made me. I know. I was I was literally like in the plane sobbing, like trying to hold my my and like finally <laughs> people like like next to me looked at me and was like, Are you okay? I'm like, What's this book? It's like one of those I couldn't stop reading, couldn't stop. but every page made me cry more. Anyways. And just for people who haven't read the book yet, and I and I was you a few months ago, so don't yeah. worry. It's even though you know it's gonna be sad, you still cry. Cause I was yeah. reading the book. And I was like, I don't know, 300 pages in, sitting there going, I know, I know exactly what this book is. I know exactly what's going to happen. There's no (laughs) way I'm crying. Like, I know exactly where this is going. And then as things go, I still cried. And I also don't cry when I read books. Mm. Like, that's not part of who I am. And I was like, I know what's going to happen. I'm not going to cry. This book is not even that sad. And then I started crying and I was with my best friend Claire and I was like maybe you should go to the pool because we were in Thailand I was like I'm gonna take a bath and then I drew a bath yeah. with all these bubbles and got in and just was like <laughs> yeah. so if you haven't read it yet and you you're down for a good cry an 800 right. page cry for sure it'll do it for you yeah 
Um, okay. 800 page cry. That's the it's like, tagline. Yeah. <laughs> a little life, an 800 page cry. Um, okay. What's the last book you read that made you angry? I think so. I read this book called Wild at Heart. Okay. And it's a Christian book. Okay. And it was just one of those texts. I wanted to understand what people were reading, but it just made me so upset about the dynamics around gen- gender and Christianity and some other things. And I was like, this is not. No. Yeah. You're like, this isn't life. Okay. Right. Um, what's the last book you read where you felt like you learned a lot? I would have to say Paulo Freire, Pedagogia de Prest. I I just felt like it revolutionized my world. And as a teacher, it made me see things completely differently. So can you tell us like a little bit about the book? I'm familiar, but a lot of people might not be. Yeah. And yeah. I'm barely familiar. <laughs> full disclosure. Um, a lot of teachers read it, but it's a book that anyone could read. It's it's kind it can be dense, but it basically just talks about the ways in which we need to be full humans and the ways throughout history that people have taken away our humanity. And sort of the process of how to get that back and teaching is part of that. So, okay, that sounds yeah. good. Um, okay, I lo- this. I'm really excited about this. So, are there any books that you've read that you're really proud of having read? Yes, of course. Okay, what are some of the ones where you're like, yeah, I read that. Well, read so that shit. so I confess <laughs> that I wasn't much of a reader in high school and in college. I started to read more, but I it was apparent to me that people had been reading in high school and all their life, all these books and I had not. And so after college, I had dedicated myself to reading some of these like classics. So I read like uh, The Prince by Machiavelli and I read Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky, right? (laughs) And so it was like, Reading those You're books, feeling I feeling yourself. I, <laughs> You're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. page turner. <laughs> People would be like mention these books, and now I actually knew what they were talking about. You know, yeah. so I felt like that was something that I was proud about. And yeah, so. that's awesome. Okay. What's a book that you've read that maybe you wouldn't necessarily like tell people that you read, or like maybe you feel weird about having read? So I read. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I read in college secretly okay. The Time Traveler's Wife. So I haven't done that one. <laughs> so yeah, it was my girlfriend's like, you have to read this. And I just knew that, that it was not going to be something I'd want other people to know. When you picked up the book, were you like, I'm super embarrassed? Or were you like, oh, I'm interested in this? And then you opened it and you got like a chapter in and you were like, I can't believe this is happening right now. She definitely was like, I'm reading this. I want you to read this with me. And I said, oh, yeah, sure. So I got the book. <laughs> but then I was one of those things I was I'm like, maybe I can spark note this thing or something. But then I started to read the first chapter. And then I was like, oh, I got to set chapter two, chapter three. Before I knew it, I was like carrying my backpack and okay. make sure it didn't pop out anywhere. So you were embarrassed because you're like, this is like a mom book, but you like actually it's liked definitely it. definitely a mom okay. book. And then it became a, a film. So then I was okay. like, uh, I haven't. Read Never confessed that I'd read the book, even though people were talking about the film. Okay. Okay. And then here's the third part of this question. Are there any books that you haven't read that you are embarrassed that you haven't read them yet? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, so we're going to Columbia soon. Okay. And I, <laughs> we are. And there's a book that I've tried to read like maybe three times. And I've got to like page 60, but 100 Years of Solitude. Me too. I have not read. Me too. I can't. And, I keep stopping. Uh, I know. I, you know, and it's it's a powerful book, you know, and does great stuff. But I, there's so many characters, and I'm bad with characters' names, and it's just I kind of lose steam. So yeah. I've tried multiple times, and I'm I am in the same boat. Oh god! But I'm not that embarrassed. No, it's not really. My, I'm not a fictiony person, yeah. so it's like not really in my wheelhouse. Like I tried, 
Yeah. I kind of was like, okay, I tried this twice. Right. Like did it, but it's kind of in your wheelhouse. It is. It kind of is like, you so should, like, I should have read I'm it. embarrassed for you. Yeah. <laughs> people ask me, like, I can talk about like the first like yeah. 60 pages and I'm like, like eh, you know, what really stuck with else. me is those first like 25 <laughs> pages. Like I just think about them all the time. <laughs> yeah. When the circus comes in, you know, uh, yeah, let super, them take it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I also like that part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have a favorite book from childhood? Yes. Uh, so I used to love reading Ferdinand the Bull. I don't know Ferdinand the Bull. Oh, it's it's since been turned into a movie, but it's just about this <laughs> bull from Spain, and his mom really wants him to be like the other bulls and butt heads and fight. And he just wants to sit under a cork tree and smell his flower, and he gets somehow wrangled into being like the bull that gets selected for the bull fight, and he ends up not doing it, just sitting in the middle of the ring and smelling his flower. And I just thought, felt like me, or I felt like this boy when I was younger who didn't quite fit in all the time and Ferdinand let me know it was okay. Oh, Ferdinand, what a yeah, hero. He did it. Okay, so I stole this question from the New York Times book review. Oh no, book, yeah, book review, but it's their little um, weekly called By the Book, which I'm obsessed with. You should mm. you should do it. It's different authors or writers. so much from you. Yeah, it's, I love it. It's By the Book. Do the one online, which I don't normally recommend, uh-huh. but the one online has all the answers. It's like a question and answer thing. It's kind of like this actually, yeah. and I love it. But the, my favorite one that they ask every week is, if you could require the president to read one book, what would it be? Ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I wish we could actually make him require to read it. But wish we could find out if he could. Does read. he read? <laughs> I was like, oh, like, does he read? Um, Hypothetical. <laughs> Hypothetically. So this is a book that when I lived in Argentina, um, everyone that I was sort of living with was reading this book, or I had read this book. Um, it's by Eduardo Galeano, and he uh, writes this book called Las Vienas Abiertas de Latinoamérica, and it's um, the veins of Latin America wide open. And he, uh, it's actually a little bit of a cheat code because uh, President Obama received this book from um, Hugo Chavez when he visited Venezuela. But um, it's basically just talking about the ways in which Latin America has been sort of pillaged or the things that westernized countries have done to it for its own benefit and how that's hurt the people and hurt their ability to be strong and powerful and uh, acknowledging that history. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like the current president could um, learn a lot from that. Oh my that. gosh. Could you imagine? If he actually read that, I would, I maybe mean, he'd stop talking about some things. Yeah. And, maybe he'd do, do better. Um, okay. That's all my questions for you. Do you have any other things you want to say about reading or no. books? I mean, just that this is such a beautiful thing you're doing. Oh, I love it. I, it's out. like made me read. <laughs> it's made me read more. Honestly, like, you know, I started to read because your book's a month. I started to read more. So I think just getting to talk about novels and books and these things, like how great is this? So I love books. I'm such yeah. a nerd. Whatever. Who cares? You know, you if you're a book nerd, it's okay. It's a safe space. It took me, <laughs> I don't know, a lot of years to figure that out, but mm. keep reading. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to wrap up here, but before we do, um, so next week Dallas will be back and we're going to be talking about our uh, book club pick. So the Stacks book club, our first book, which I'm super excited about, is called Exit West and it's by Mohsen Hamid. And um, I'm really excited. I, it's really good. Um, there's a lot to talk about. It covers a lot of things. Um, and it's it's current without being, you know, like current. You know, there's no Katie Couric in the book. Like it's not <laughs> like that current. Um, and the thing that I love the most to tell people when I try to convince them that they should read it is that it was on Barack Obama's list of favorite books from 2017. So, it, you know, it's been vetted. 
Like it has a very high sure. security clearance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good um, joke. Do you have anything that you want to say about the book? I mean, just that as an English teacher, I fell in love with his syntax. Oh, I'm looking at this is beautiful uh, yes. when it comes to the storyline and I'm like, wow, you're, you're enraptured. And then when yeah. it comes to just thinking about how this applies to the world. So I just feel like it hits everything. There's yeah. something here for everyone. So it's it's super juicy. So if you haven't read it yet, um, it's Exit West by Mosin Hamid. And it is going to be our April 11th episode. We're going to be talking about it. So get your copy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to link to all the books from today that Dallas oh, mentioned. Really? And then also, obviously, Exit West, I'll link to on the website. Cool. Um, so you'll be able to find all those books and get them and read them or whatever ones you want to get and read. Read them all. Read them all. <laughs> Keep reading. Um, okay, that's everything. Dallas, thank you so, so much for being here this week. I'm excited we get to do it again. Thank you for having me. And everybody else, we'll see you in the stacks. Thank you all for listening to our very first episode of The Stacks. Please make sure you subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at The Stacks Pod or on our website, www.thestackspodcast.com. There'll be show notes with all the books we talked about today, as well as a place for you to leave your comments or your thoughts about today's episode. Um, I wanted to give a quick thank you to people who helped make today's episode possible. Dallas Lopez, Shane Clark, Robin McCrite, Aaron Dolores, Billy Griffin, Zach Mack, and Jake Casey. Our theme music is by Tagirgis, and this show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.